Hello, everybody, and welcome to Mom of the Hard Kid. We have had illness in our home over the last week, and my kids have been off and on home from school. I don't do my podcast when my kids, most especially my youngest, is home from school, and she happened to have been the one who was the most sick, so... She knows that I do the podcast. She knows that a lot of it circles around her, but she doesn't like to be here when I do it. And I think that that's fair because we talk about a lot of hard things and a lot of them kind of are uh, not so flattering of her. And while she's perfectly aware of these things, even though she's really little because we talk about them a lot, uh, it's something I don't want to have be around her. So here we are back. And during this time where we were a little bit sick, my daughter had a reading assignment in her school and she was supposed to read Tuesdays with Maury and I had to buy the book for her to read in class. And while I was getting her the book, I saw there was this other book. Now I've read Tuesdays with Maury. I think it's just a great book in its way. And I was really happy that she was going to read it, but I'd never seen this book about Maury written by Maury. So, and it's called Maury in his own words. Life Wisdom from a Remarkable Man. So if any of you guys haven't read Tuesdays with Maury, it's about this guy who goes in and talks with this guy named Maury Schwartz as he's in his last year of ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease. And it's a good book. I recommend it. But I really, I got the other book for her and I was like, hey, oldest kid, you know, I, did you ever read that other book? And she's like, I started it, but I already knew the ending because the first book, of course, talks about how he, I guess it's not a surprise or a spoiler because that's the whole point about how he dies. She's like, I know that he dies. And so it was really sad. And I was like, well, I've wanted to read it. Could you get it for me? And she's like, yeah. So she hands me this book and I start reading it and I'm on page 29 when I'm like oh my gosh this relates to me right so by the time just to be clear by the time I'm on like page eight I'm sobbing so what he's done is Mari Maury knows that he's gonna have I mean that he's gonna die he knows that his ALS is fatal and he's seeing himself neurologically deteriorate over time and he is writing about the realizations that he has while he's going through this. And as he loses bits of his mobility and his cognitive function, he is writing about what that what lessons he's learning. So when I read Tuesdays with Maury, Maury, I'm so sorry. It is, I mean, I don't even think I had kids yet. So I definitely did not approach it in any kind of, you know, self-exploratory way. I was fairly young. <laughs> I wasn't really thinking so much about dying. And but when I read this one, I'm going into a crazy zone here because I don't know if this was what he intended is to just give basic advice for people, but so much of this advice resonated to me as a mom of a hard kid. And I mean, <laughs> my husband was like, what's the matter? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> Just, because as I'm reading it, I'm reading it two ways. I'm reading it 
as Maury is writing it for Maury. And then I'm reading it as it relates to my life. And I just couldn't handle it. It was, it was really, really emotional. But I'm so what he does is he goes through and he has these thoughts and he writes down these little thoughts and then he kind of expounds on them later. So when his he's expounding, I mean, I know what he's talking about, but there were so many times where I could change a word here and change a word there or just think of it in a different direction. And it really impacted me for my own situation, which I hope he's okay with. Like I hope he's like, good, I'm glad it's helpful because I, I kind of figure that's why you wrote the book, even though I know that these sets of challenges that he had and that I am having are completely different sets of challenges. So when I had my realization that these quotes related in my life, I was, like I said, on page 29, and it said, grieve and mourn for yourself, not once or twice, but again and again. Grieving is a great catharsis and comfort and a way to keep yourself composed. And I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> for sure. Because when you take that time to grieve the life that you didn't have, then you're able to pull yourself together later. You're able to make it through that difficulty and you don't have to hold that frazzledness with you at all times. Because when you're the mom of or a dad of a hard kid, you tend to sit there in that, but it should be but it should be kind of a moment. So when you can take that time to grieve and say, but it isn't, that can be an incredibly healthy thing. And, and as I read this book, and I, I recommend it to everyone for multiple reasons. As I read this book, I was like, Oh, my goodness, like, that's the message. But it isn't. I wanted it to be this way, but it isn't. And taking, taking the reality that is, and and making that okay in your mind. Because for me, I couldn't do that at first. My child was so far harder than I thought. Um, so much more stress than I thought. Physically stressful, mentally stressful. Just everything was so exhausting. And I couldn't bring myself to say, well, that's just how it is. Okay, so on page 39, he says, after you have wept and grieved for your physical losses, cherish the functions and the life you have left. Now, of course, he's talking about this from the angle of ALS. But when I read this, I, I read it as, yeah, I lost a lot of functionality in my life. I couldn't go places. I couldn't meet with people. I couldn't do the things I needed in my day. But I still could do some stuff. I still could do things and, and I hadn't been focusing not on that. And I love, I love, I love that he reminded me to do that. On page 44 is another quote that I really appreciated. It said, expect to feel like a dependent child and an independent adult at different times. So as he goes through and he's talking about it, I mean, of course, that relates to his losing his immobility and, and that's very relatable to him in that sense. But when I read it for my situation, I was thinking of it more like I needed somebody to save me. I, I would look around and I would be like a dependent child and saying, 
hey, who's going to save me from this? Who's going to save me? I need help. And there's no help. And I, and other times when I'm like, oh, yeah, well, this is how I do it. And this is what's going to happen. <laughs> and you, you do and you, you have this switch between being somebody who feels like a dependent child mentally and somebody who feels like an independent adult mentally. And I would even throw this back to the children. I think the children feel this way too, where they feel sometimes like they can't function at all without someone else doing it for them. And other times where they're like, no, I have this a thousand percent. And I think sometimes we think we have to be one or the other, but we're going to be both. And I, I loved, I love that reminder. There was another great quote he has on page 46 that says, at some point, be prepared to deal with profound contradictory feelings. For example, wanting to live and wanting to die, loving others and disliking them. Now he's headed towards death. So that's why he is framing it in that way. He knows he's going to die. Things are falling apart for him. But I removed that portion of the sentence when I related it to myself. And it was the part that said, for example, loving others and disliking them. Because I feel like we feel, again, that it has to be one or the other. And I'm going to read some of his, his words here. So he says, and I quote, I call this the tension of opposites. And I find that many of the feelings I'm involved with have two opposite sides. We have ambivalent feelings about many things. I don't think we're aware of some of the negative parts because they make us too uncomfortable. For example, most of us are more than willing to declare our deep love for someone, but it's harder having to admit a little bit of hate or some other negative feeling for that same person. And then it says later here, quote, I don't think anybody has a pure relationship with anyone else. There are always negative factors involved. And those negative factors stir up unpleasant feelings. Face them or they can make you angry and bitter. <laughs> End quote. I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> because, because when you have a child... There can be immense amounts of love for that child. And there can also be a ton of anger and frustration and exhaustion at their decisions and the choices they make. And, and sometimes I think we think that we're horrible people and parents because we feel like our kids the worst and that they cause us so much stress. But on the other hand, we also love them. But I, I like what he says where he says, face them or they can make you angry and bitter. And I am a pure believer in this. I know there are some people who internalize their feelings and they process it in an internal way, but I really do fully believe that the best way you can process the stuff that's going on, even if you need to take some time to get there, is head on. Just just plow through. <laughs> if it's too deep, Take a chunk over here, plow through that chunk, take the chunk over there, plow through that chunk. But I really think that it is so incredibly beneficial for us to realize that there are two sides 
to every relationship. There's good parts, there's bad parts, and it's okay that that feeling of love that you were really hoping was going to be there isn't the way that you thought it was going to be. It's okay. It doesn't have to be there. And our lives are long and they are full of different situations and different circumstances. And, and there's going to be times where the bad parts are heavier than the good parts. And the good parts will take over one time and be bigger than the bad parts. But it's okay that there are both. On page 51, he says, oh my gosh, I love this. <laughs> Come to terms with the fact that you will never again be fully physically comfortable. Enjoy the times you are comfortable enough. Now I would change for my situation the word physically because I feel like I feel like what it's saying to me in this is come to terms with the fact that you're never not going to have this kind of crazy in your life. You're never not going to have that. But enjoy the times that you are comfortable enough. And what he says here is is really nice. And I quote, acceptance is not passive. You have to work at it by continually trying to face reality rather than thinking reality is something other than it is. People with great faith in God or strong spiritual ties may be more accepting of what goes on here and now because they know that this is just a temporary stopping place to the next world, so to speak. If you don't have faith, you may have to rely more on your courage. Now, I I know I've referenced this many times. I know you've caught on. He's talking about dying and he's talking about opening into death. But what I really like about this, if I connect it to my own situation, is that there's a reality that's happening and you can either fight it or you can accept that it is. And if you have faith, you can have faith to go through this and to make it through. And if you don't, then you can have courage. You can have courage and you can make it through even though it is a difficult situation. Now, those of you who (laughs) might think this is a little intense for parenting, know that some kids really are incredibly intense to parent. So sometimes this really does hit at (laughs) a resonating level that is just whoa and you're like you're comparing your parenting to this man dying (laughs) it's not a relatable comparison and I think I don't know that I am I don't know that I am what I'm trying to do is take the knowledge I guess from somebody who has faced life in a very real way and said hey this is reality we can push against it, we can fight against it, we can scream against it, or we can recognize it and let it take us where it needs to go. So there are a couple more wonderful quotes here. One of them is recognize the difference between what you want and need. Your need to feel connected to other people is as vital to human survival as food, water and shelter. Because if you are the parent of a hard kid, it is a very isolating situation, especially if you have a child who was as difficult as mine was, where you could not leave that child for 
many minutes. Like I could leave her with my daughter for 10 minutes. I could go to the bathroom, but I, it's not like I could have a night out with my friends. You know, occasionally my husband would be home and he could take care of things and I could, but then there's also that crazy disconnect where you're looking at these, in my case, women, and you're thinking, you know, do you get screamed at 10 hours a day? Like, look how refreshed you just look. Like, look how life must be so easy, which is not true. Everybody has their things, but you kind of get, I got stuck in this, this self-pity hole. But just know that seeking out people who understand and seeking out a connection is, is a great thing to do. And go ahead and do it. And it kind of connects here with number 77. I mean, page 77, where it says, talk openly about your illness with those who will listen, it will help them cope with their own vulnerabilities as well as your own. And of course, I'm speaking about parenting a really difficult child, you don't need to whine at them. Sometimes whining is very beneficial. (laughs) But to tell them stuff is, it really can be educational for everybody involved. On page 106, be hopeful, but not foolishly hopeful. And that was a really good one because I think a lot of us as parents of difficult kids are hopeful that our kids are going to be fixed that we're going to find that solution and then we're going to dig so far or we're going to find that person who is the answer and we're going to make it flip on its head and this person's going to become an absolute leader of the world in a good way. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. And I think sometimes we we either sit in the delusion of that possibility or we sink into the hole of the negatives where we say, Oh, 90% of kids that have this end up being homeless and end up being drug addicts and criminals or in prison incarcerated. And so it's like, Oh, well, which one do I want? I think the best place is somewhere in the middle where you have hope, but you're not being foolish and you can have goals, but you're not being, you know, off the rocker where you can really just have a, a realistic view of life. And I think that's what this book really does is I think it just brings a realism and a realisticness to the issues that you have, even though I'm reading it in a different way than his issues. And the last one I'm going to read is on actually page eight, because I didn't <laughs> realize the connection until page 29. So I went back. And I thought this last quote was quite enlightening for me. And it said, expect that it's going to be harder and take longer to do things. Be prepared to do things in ways that are very different from the ways you did them before. And I was just floored because it was different. It was it was totally different. And I had resented that. I resented the changes. I resented that I couldn't go out. I resented that I couldn't sleep. I resented that I, that I had to be so hyper vigilant so that she didn't die. (laughs) I resented all of those things. And I do kind of wonder if I had hit the point of, but that's just life. If I, this is what I got. 
And and when I look at this book, and I think Maury didn't want to have ALS, but he got it. And I look at the people around me and I think that guy didn't want to lose his job while he has six kids, but he did. You know, and this and this lady over here, she didn't want cancer, but she got it. And and I just had this realization that life sucks sometimes and I am no exception. I had a beautiful friend who passed away from cancer a couple of years ago and I just remember thinking, why would she have something hard and I not have something hard? And I'm aware that these are two totally different kinds of hards. I'm being very pulled back and very overgeneralizing. But I'm saying, why not me? Sometimes we sit in the corner and we think, why me? Why is this happening to me? Why is this my kid? But that's because everybody has sucky stuff. Everybody does. And sometimes that sucky stuff is so super hard. And sometimes the sucky stuff comes in a thousand moderate sucky things over and over and over and over and over. And why not us? But I really love this last one. I wasn't going to say anymore, but I'm going to say this last one where he says on page 20, watch for emotional, spiritual, or behavioral regressions when you are the most vulnerable. Try to avoid, minimize, or stop your regression. And he says, and I quote, be honest with those who are close to you. Let them know you are in a bad mood, and if possible, be specific about the nature of what has you out of sorts. Who knows? If you tell them you are tired because you did not sleep well, they may offer to give you a relaxing massage or read something soothing to you. If you are anxious because of a change in your condition, talk about your feelings with family member or friend. And if you are the person who is listening, don't feel that your loved one is looking to you for answers or solutions. Often the fact that you listen sympathetically will make them feel better. Okay, one more. And it says right under that, when you are utterly frustrated or angry, express these feelings. You don't have to be nice all the time, just most of the time, end quote. I didn't expect to have this book be on this podcast, but I couldn't help make those connections. And I really recommend, even for the point of view of realizing, you know, what life is and that life is short and and all of those things. But the words of wisdom that Maury Schwartz gives, I think really translate to multiple levels and not just when you're facing death's door, but when you're going through something that is overwhelming and seemingly insurmountable. So my book review, totally recommend. And I appreciate you joining. Have a great day.